Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sometimes needing new tires can catch us by surprise. That's why tire power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tirepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. got a good ring to it, hasn't it? Uh, And we're catching up with Matt Ebden after his absolute brilliance at Wimbledon winning the doubles with Max Purcell. Catching up with Gilly, thanks to Otis Eyewear. Visit otiseyewear.com. Indeed, it was uh, a wonderful moment. Not since the Woodies have uh, the Aussies got up there and taken that prestigious trophy at Wimbledon. Matt Ebden, thank you very much for joining us here on on Gilly and Goss and and part of catching up with Gilly. Uh, Congratulations, mate. It's been a whirlwind uh, for you, no doubt, since that that historic moment, plenty of celebrating, and now you're back in Perth for some time off. Well done, mate. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks. Good morning, and uh, yeah, awesome to be be on here with you to be back in Australia, and yeah, just listening to that to that moment again. It's uh, yeah, I think I think for the rest of my life, I'll never get tired of watching that match point or listening to that moment. <laughs> yeah, for, fair with good reason. Have you had had a chance to really reflect on it deeply about uh, you know you are a major winner now in, in the doubles and uh, you've been in and around there with mixed doubles previously and obviously yeah. the big one at the Open this year, Australian Open, that caught a lot of attention. But, yeah, have you had a chance to stop and really savour it? I've, I've sort of tried, but I can't quite um, fully sort of do it. I suppose, um, yeah, it's, what has it been, five or six nights now since since the final and, yeah, I haven't slept much. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, just as a product of obviously being busy and, and, you know, obviously there's media and celebrations and everything after, but yeah, still, I suppose, buzzing on adrenaline, I would say. Um, but yeah, it's, it's sort of been hard to fully, uh, digest or comprehend, you know, I've, yeah, I've been lucky to have some, you know, a lot, of, a lot of great moments over my career so far and, and you, you know, same thing you sort of digest, but pretty quickly you sort of come to grips with it and you, come back down to earth and you, you know, get back to your foundations and, and, and you're good. But yeah, this one, even just arriving home and yeah, still sort of feel uh, quite weird. It's a, it's, a, it's a weird experience. I think, you know, Wimbledon playing on that centre court, you know, being lucky to be in finals. First of all, we lost the mixed doubles final, having another chance and, you know, somehow, somehow winning, you know, the title winning Wimbledon. It's, um, yeah, it's hard to put into words. I heard John McEnroe say, you know, a week ago during the celebrations, there the best way he sort of could describe it. He said when he when he won Wimbledon on that centre court, he said he he felt like he could sort of almost levitate and fly out of the stadium. That was the best <laughs> way he could sort of explain it. And yeah, I've got to say it's yeah, it's 
it's like nothing else I've ever really felt. Um, yeah, Wimbledon Centre Court, it's, I'm not going to say eerie, but it, it sort of feels like there's a bit of a magic or a, a sort of a, a fate or a destiny that sort of takes place in there and you, you sort of feel a bit helpless, but you just hope you come out on the right side of it. I, I don't know, you know, places you've played in special cricket places around the world have different sort of feelings about it, but yeah, Wimbledon Centre Court seems to be one of those. Yeah, you're spot on. When you walk just through the gates of any of these iconic venues, uh, there's a, a real buzz that comes over. I would assume some of the um, sleeplessness since then too has got to do with a, a five-month-old son, young Harvey. Congratulations <laughs> on his arrival. And, and more importantly, getting yeah. to the well-documented berth around the, the challenges of, of, of the border. We'll get to that in a moment. But, um, yeah. but that crowd, that sounded – I mentioned the Australian Open and, and the crowd yeah. and, and, and everything that was documented about um, yeah. the Aussie boys that you played against yeah. and, and the you know, possible hostilities against you because they'd built so much momentum. But that, oh, that no, must have yeah. been – such a wonderful feeling to have the warmth of that Wimbledon crown so happy. And I think everyone across the tennis world was thrilled to see Australians back on top in yeah. doubles at Wimbledon. Yeah, first year back to January, Aussie Open, yeah, you know, that sort of atmosphere. And, you know, when, when we get, I don't know, 5,000, 10,000 people all, all screaming loud all around the court, it makes, you know, because the court's like a bowl, it's, it's quite a sound effect. And, it's, uh, I don't know, it's sort of what you live for and play for, those, those sort of big moments, those big sort of crowds, that atmosphere. Um, you know, in the end, we're, we're just entertainers out there, really. So that sort of stuff's awesome. Um, you know, at the Open, same thing. There was a lot of that. I don't feel hostility. I felt like half the crowd, if not more, was, one. you know, for us as well as the other boys as well. And obviously that was their night. So, yeah, then to go to Wimbledon and, just the way the whole fortnight played out. I mean, we should have lost definitely probably the semi-final. Uh, we were down match points. They had even a couple of easy shots on some of the match points. Max shanked a volley off the throat of his frame of his racket and went for a volley winner. Like this stuff, he couldn't he couldn't write. I mean, he couldn't script it. And so yeah, and then to two three days later to be holding the trophy was uh, quite bizarre. Um, you know, we, we we knew we could do it, we believed we could do it, we planned to do it, we set out to do it, we, ex- we sort of expected to do it, but actually it happening and then living it out, it was a whole other level. So, um, yeah, obviously one of the greatest things that's happened to to us or me, and, and um, yeah, I suppose, yeah, Wimbledon Champion has, has a nice ring to it, but like you say, um, you know, young baby being born this year and that sort of stuff I think changes you as well. That's, he, he's definitely changed me. I think uh, I used to sort of think I had good perspective and sort of mental strength and, and good uh, composure before, but I don't know, he seems to have sort of changed me and given me a, a different look or, or lease on life yet again. Ah, that's wonderful to hear. It's certainly life-changing. And now a lot of these uh, little interviews that I do are pre-recorded, but we've got you live, which is <laughs> the way we want it. But I, I can't sit here and not let my co-host here, Tim Gossage, come in. He's jumping, <laughs> champing at the bit to ask a few questions. So I'll, I'll, I'll intro Goss now. Go for it, big fella. Oh, yeah. Thank you, thank you, Gilly. Oh, well, Maddie. I mean, anyway, we've been following your journey for many times, even my previous life ever as a TV man. We, we, you saw your rise through the single ranks and you had those moments in time. I would like to know when do you get to a point where you go doubles is my thing and where do you find the ideal doubles partner and how did you link up with Max Purcell? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, obviously now sort of into my 30s, you know, obviously tennis won't last forever. Um, I suppose especially singles. Uh, I mean, I'm still playing singles. I still want to play a bit when I can, but 
yeah, naturally doubles will probably take over sooner or later, and, and that's sort of starting to happen. But you know, I hope, hope to still play some more some more singles for now. Um, yeah, I, I suppose COVID actually maybe accelerated that process, missing, you know, a season, a season and a half when COVID had sort of stopped the tour and, you know, we were locked out of Australia or locked in or it made it hard for us to travel. And then even the year after, you know, we were missing a whole bunch of tournaments, which I needed to sort of get my ranking back up. Had an injury that year before where my singles ranking dropped. So that kind of forced me to play more doubles last year. I still had a reasonable doubles ranking. And, yeah, so from Aussie Open last year, you know, I think we made the quarterfinals. We were close to winning, but then, you know, uh, went on with it the rest of the year. And then, yeah, before US Open, the partner I was playing with um, most of last year, JP Smith, another Aussie, uh, he teamed up with another Aussie, Max, Max's previous partner. And um, so I said, oh, well, I'm free. Max is free. We're probably both looking for partners for US Open. I should give him a message. And um, I did. And I said, oh, hey, mate. I want to play. I just thought, you know, I'd play, we'd played against each other. We'd played against each other in singles and, you know, we practiced together. We knew each other pretty well, um, but not, you know, overly well. And I thought, you know, let's let's have a bash and, and go for it and see what happens. And he actually sort of said to me, oh, yeah, I'm just waiting for another Aussie to finish his semifinal doubles match in Europe somewhere. Because if he had won, his ranking might be high enough where he, he would have got into doubles in US Open with this other partner. Uh, Mark Pullman's and I sort of I was like, oh, waiting. I'm like, come on, Max. Like, you know, seriously, like, <laughs> let's just play, just get it organised, you know. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, just, just give me whatever. And anyway, Mark lost his double, so then we said, okay, we'll play. And so yeah, if Mark had won that match, there's a chance we would have never played and, and never started our our partnership. So pretty happy with how it all turned out. Oh, I think uh, everyone's happy the way it turned out, particularly as you say, a Wimbledon champion and plenty more. To target, you, you've made comments that this is just the the start, as far as you're concerned, or, or hoping, uh, as far as um of, of the big Grand Slam titles. Uh, yeah, they sort of asked me. They said sort of things about a legacy, and a lot of my answer to that question was actually about <laughs> not you know they took a little bit out of context. Probably the sort of story of the legacy of, of all of it for me was getting to sort of the finals of the mixed doubles losing and, and being all around Wimbledon, seeing all the championship boards and all the names, you know, Federer's, Djokovic, Woody's, all the great Aussie historian, you know, the history there, the Bryan singles, doubles, whatever. But And for the life of me, all around Wimbledon and all the areas, I could never find a runner-up board. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's pretty normal. I mean, you guys probably even know, you know, tennis club champs, all, all clubs around the world, you know, there's always the winners and the runners-up, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just pretty normal. At Wimbledon, you cannot for the life of you find a runners-up board. It's really weird. So <laughs> I was thinking, we've lost this mix final. Like, there's no, I, I won't exist here. And, um, you know, we were lucky to get to the doubles final. And I was thinking, the same, I was like, surely there's no chance. Like, if we lose two finals, like, surely you're like, you know, you get your name somewhere. <laughs> and um, I still, to this day, always looking all around Wimbledon. I mean, it's, it's big in there. There's all the, like, the locker rooms, all the, all the areas. have got all the boards up, but still no runners-up board. And... I found that quite unfair, actually. So I was like, well, what about all the people who've done the best they can, you know, like gone hammer and tong forever and got all the way to a Wimbledon final, like what an effort in itself, mm. and weren't able to win in tennis, you know. One's going to lose, one's going to win. And I don't know, just that sort of stuff struck home to me. And, yeah, that was sort of probably more what, I, what the story I wanted to tell 
rather than you know saying or thinking, oh well, we're going to win plenty more. Sure, uh, I've, you know we've set out at Aussie Open. They asked us in the press, you know, is it like win a slam and then you're done? Like, and I said, no, um, you know, we want to try and win as many as we can. So you know, we said, yeah, we're fine, we've won one. We want to, you know, we're thinking playing the next five six years. We want to try and win ten. You know, just as a pull a number out of a hat, and whatever. But yeah. no, the the real story for me was. Um, was actually about that probably you know the, the runners up the, the acknowledgement to all the players and sort of warrior athletes out there at Wimbledon who all year all their life you know doing their best they can but can't win or didn't win or lost in the finals or, or whatever and I was fortunate to get across the line in the final so I feel like I could sort of tell that story but Otherwise, people just go, oh, well, you're just being sad because you didn't win it. <laughs> uh, Matt Ebden is our guest, and we're having a chat with him courtesy of Otis Eyewear. Don't forget, life's too beautiful for scratch lenses. Uh, we're not going to play what uh, Novak Djokovic said overnight, but he has certainly intimated he wants to come back to Australia now. And we've seen the vaccination policy, everything changing. The AFL is changing their policy. You had trouble getting out of Melbourne back here for the birth of your child through the, the borders and stuff. It was a really difficult time for yeah. you. Um, are you okay with Djokovic coming back to the Australian Open? What's your thought processes on that? Um, and how do you think he'll be received back in Australia next time? Yeah, I am 100%. Um, I think it would be a shame and a disservice to tennis and sport and even Australia if, if he wasn't. I mean, obviously, that was a huge debacle what happened um, for many different reasons that went wrong, and you know who knows if it was wrong, right, whatever happened, but it happened, and it was a, it was a huge mess. I don't think it looked good on anyone. It was a lose lose for everybody in that situation. So, yeah, I mean, I came back to Australia a few days ago. We, we don't even need to show vaccination or anything anymore. No test, no vaccination. Don't even have to wear a mask. I didn't even wear a mask on the plane anymore. So, and I've got to say, being overseas for the few months, last few months. I don't know, COVID, the thought of COVID worldwide has sort of evaporated and it's no longer a thing in terms of visibility or, you know, restrictions really anywhere in the world. So, yeah, Australia's obviously dropped sort of all those restrictions. I know Novak sort of technically has a ban because of what happened and he got deported, um, but I'm pretty sure that can be appealed and, and reasonably easily overturned and I would expect he would be in Australia next year. Yeah, well, what happens in the US might uh, be an indicator to that too because uh, the US Open, he wants to get there as well. And I think you're right. I think every every fan just wants to see the best players playing as often as yeah. they can. So uh, we'll wait and see. Are you a fan of Nick Kyrgios? Short answer. Um, a fan? Uh, I don't know. That's an interesting word. I mean, Nick, I've known Nick a long time. When, when I first Davis, uh, debuted in Davis Cup, Nick was our orange boy, so I've known Nick since he was sort of 15, 16. Um, I'm, you know, friends with Nick. We get on, we're, we don't have any problems. I went inside in his box and supported him on Sunday after after our final on Saturday. And, uh, yeah, you know, he gave me a box ticket and wanted me to come support, so... Did you get in trouble um, too? Did you, did you, did you, was you, he, was he yelling at you as well? <laughs> yeah, people were messaging me going, oh, you're copping a spray on the TV. And I was going... I was going, oh gosh, what I was, I thought, I thought the commentators are spraying me because I'm supporting Nick or something, and and he said, no, 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 like Nick, because he's you know abusing his box the whole time, but no, no, he was abusing his um, you know, girlfriend and co- oh, um, no. agent, a, no agent and his father and his sister, they, they were they were the ones copping. I was there trying to. 
give them some support and keep them together. Um, no, I, I said it before. I don't condone a lot of what Nick does. I don't believe in it. Um, but you know, he's his own person. He can do what he wants. I think everyone is out there. But I was just supporting an Aussie out there. I wanted another Aussie to win Wimbledon, and it would be nice to do the double and you know win singles and doubles. And it would have been nice to do the triple, but we'd already lost the mix. So mm-hmm. I was hoping Nick could could at least, could at, least do the double, but. Wasn't to be, um, but no, I was definitely out there supporting you know Australia to win another Wimbledon. Yeah, good, good on you. And I believe he uh, he was inviting you to a nightclub while you were at the Champions <laughs> Dinner, mate. And I'm sure that's probably where he would rather have been, if truth be told. So, uh, uh, thanks, congratulations, mate. WA and Australia, very, very proud of your efforts. It's it's not been an overnight success. You've been on this tour for well over 15 years now, and uh, you know if you if you stick at something long enough, the, the reward reward will come, and everyone's very proud of you, mate, and we're thrilled that you had the chance to, well, we had the chance to chat to you on our show. Matt Ebden, congratulations. Wimbledon champion. We look forward to uh, enjoying the rest of the journey with you, and uh, of course, we're here thanks to uh, Otis Iwe catching up with Gilly. Cheers, Matt. All right, thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Matt Abden, Wimbledon doubles champion. Great to have him on the show. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.